Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in Pit Football Podcast. I am your host, Doran Dickerson, alongside former All Big East quarterback Bill Stahl, Jerry DePaula of the Tribune Review, and former All American linebacker. Scott McKillop, Believe in Pit Football podcast is presented by Bet Online. Guys, um, a lot to talk about. You know, honestly, if we recorded the things that we said off uh, air or offline, you know, this uh, <laughs> we could have a whole separate show from the things that we talk about offline. But you know, we're going to bring some of that to to this show right now. And 40, 45 to twenty one, Pit over Wake Forest to win the ACC championship down in Charlotte. Um, I got to go down there. I got to experience the whole entire weekend. And, guys, it was unbelievable. I mean, Scott was there. I saw Scott. I'm sure, Jerry, you were there. I didn't get a chance to see you. But, Scott, I mean, how insane was that ACC tailgate, that uh, fan fest? I mean, I've never seen that many Pitt fans at an away game in my life. It was it was a Pitt takeover. I couldn't believe that that many people showed up for that championship game. It was unreal. Gordon, it was unbelievable. Um, you know, you just said it. I've never experienced something like that. Um, the, the Pitt fans came. They were there in full support. Uh, the ACC tailgate might as might as it should have been a Pitt tailgate. I, I looked right. around and, um, you know, I was like, man, this this is what it should be like. This is what it should be like in every home. Yeah, they talked. I asked the people, but I wasn't there until Saturday morning. But the Friday night, they said that uh, downtown Charlotte was almost like the south side on a Saturday night because there were so many Pitt fans and, and Pittsburgh people walking around chanting uh, Kenny for Heisman and, and uh, let's go Pitt and singing Sweet Caroline. Uh, you know, it was just like they transported all the Pittsburgh people down to Charlotte for one night. And uh, it showed off in the game, too. There was a lot of people, probably more than half of the fans there were from Pittsburgh, I thought. Yeah, it, it was unbelievable atmosphere. I'm not even going to lie. I mean, just the support that, you know, the pit football team had. And, um, you know, it showed, like you said, in the game, you know, they went out there, they took care of business. They, uh, you know, they, they, they did the things that they had to do necessary. And there's a question I'm going to ask Scott whenever we get into his segment about um, an adjustment that they made in the defense uh, during that game. But, you know, there's a lot to talk about, you know, now that Pitt is going to the Peach Bowl, on December 30th down in Atlanta, they're going to play Michigan State. Um, Jerry, how about that matchup? You know, Michigan State, that's where Pat Narduzzi coached for about, what, six or seven years? Eight years. As a, eight years as a D coordinator. Um, so, you know, he is familiar with Michigan State. Mel Tucker is now the head coach there. He's got a big contract. Um, you know, they have a – well, they did have a potential Heisman running back uh, on their team, but he actually didn't make the cut. But he is one of the best running backs in the country. How do you like that matchup with, uh, you know, Pitt going against Michigan State December 30th in Atlanta? It's going to be very interesting uh, because if you look at the NCAA stats, people have been talking about Michigan State's pass defense being bad. Well, it's not bad, gentlemen. It is actually worse, the worst pass defense statistically in, in, in big-time college football. Uh, out of 130 teams, Michigan State's pass defense is last. So if Kenny Pickett plays, and he's right now he's undecided. He said that today. He's undecided about whether he'll play or not, even though he said Saturday night he planned to play in the bowl game. Uh, if he plays, he's going to have a chance to put up big numbers again. Uh, and if he doesn't play, 
And I, and I really think whether he plays or not, Nick Patty should get some snaps, some meaningful snaps in that game. Because, hey, yeah, it's important to win the game and you want to win 12. Maybe the first time since 1976, they won 12 games when they won a national championship. But one thing, all, all these coaches that I've talked to over the years since I've been covering college football, have talked about, uh, about getting a bowl bid. It's not so much the game. It's the practice sessions in, before the game that give the coaches a chance to get those young guys some work. I mean, they're going to have a, they're going to have a little practice on Saturday, uh, and, and Kenny's not going to be there, uh, so it's a perfect opportunity because he'll be in New York for the Heisman. There's a perfect opportunity, you know, for Nick Patty and those other quarterbacks to get some good snaps and, and start wor- working, you know, getting ready for next season. Now, who's going to be the play caller? Uh, Narduzzi hasn't said. Maybe he'll say something like that over the weekend, uh, but. Uh, I, if I had a vote from the staff, if they wanted to hire someone from the staff, I think they should hire Brennan Marion, the uh, Greensburg-Salem graduate who was the wide re- first-year wide receivers coach uh, who's been an offensive coordinator before at Howard University and at William & Mary. So this weekend and the next week leading up to the game, they're going to be working with these young guys to get them ready for next year because they're losing a good good many seniors. You know, a lot of guys are coming back too, but they, they're going to lose a lot of seniors and, and you know, the, Pitt won this year because of the quarterback and teams, you know, Bill will tell you, and you guys will, you know, teams rest on the quarterback and the quarterback is the most important position on the field and they better get Nick Patty or somebody ready. Uh, And if I don't think Nick Patty's ready, uh, then maybe I should go out and get a transfer to to come in. And that shouldn't be hard to do either. You know, guys, you know, let's just get into it. You know, Mark Whipple, um, he obviously left, but two days ago and signed, with Nebraska, he's going to be their new offensive coordinator. I mean, literally a day or two after the game, um, he leaves the University of Pittsburgh to go to a different school. Now, I was hearing that he was going to retire after the season. Um, I heard all kinds of different things. And, you know, one thing that tipped me off that it was very odd, I didn't know what it didn't come out that he was potentially leaving it. But one thing that, like, I, I kind of was like, hmm, at is he posted a picture with a recruit with a potential transfer quarterback named uh, Chuba Purdy, Purdy, I believe. It, Purdy, yeah. From Florida State. From Florida State. He posted a picture, and he had a Laurel Valley golf vest on. <laughs> um, and I was like, that's odd. Usually, whenever you post a picture with a potential recruit, you have a pit, you know, gear. You have a pit shirt on. I'm like, why does he have a Laurel Valley vest on? He loves that- the golf. He loves the golf. And, you know, I know he, he's definitely a member around here in Pittsburgh. I've seen him there before. But usually whenever you go to a guy's home, you want to represent your school. I've never seen anybody recruit a guy with a different shirt on other than the school that they are representing. So that was a little odd. And then, honestly, a couple hours later, um, it was said that Mark Ripple, Mark Whipple uh, resigns from the University of Pittsburgh. And then, you know, a day later after that, it says he signs with Nebraska. Now, like I said, I heard that he was going to probably retire after the season. Um, I heard that, you know, you know, it was a mutual parting. I've heard all kinds of scenarios. Let's go around the room. Bill, we'll start with you. You know, what is your speculation on why Whipple, uh, you know, chose to, to resign, what, a day after, two days after the, the ACC championship game? Yeah, that's uh, the timing of everything is uh, really, um, really brings up a lot of questions, a lot of red flags, uh, kind of. Um, I also heard that he potentially retirement type of thing, but then all of a sudden, how quickly things happened, uh, that makes makes me kind of speculate on 
maybe there's more into it. You know, there's there's more things happening behind the scenes that, you know, we, we might not find out. We, you know, we, it might be all speculation and everything like that. But you know, I, something something happened. I, I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, but I think, you know, there was something. Something happened where I, I believe he he was like, you know, what I think it's time to go. Uh, but also, I, I you know, from what I'm also hearing, you know, the money could have could have played a nice role, you know, almost doubling. I think Jerry, you know, we talked about that uh, before the show potentially, or what their contract size. I mean, that's Brian Kelly. <laughs> you show dollar signs. I mean, everybody has their number. Uh, I I don't know Whipple personally, um, so I I don't know if that played a factor. But point is. The timing of everything definitely brings up a lot of questions and with hearing potential retirement and then you not not only leave Pitt, but you go and now you're coaching for Nebraska, who has some coaching carousel type of things potentially going on, too. So it, it just brings up a lot of questions of timing and what's really going on. Um in, in that, you know, the, the pit staff there. So uh, I, that it's definitely going to, I think it's going to hurt recruiting ultimately. Uh, I think it, it already has in, in some aspects. So um, I'd really like to know what the main reasons, uh, but I, who knows if we're really going to find out. Jerry, um, why now? Why not wait until after the Peach Bowl? Why not, uh, you know, uh, finish out these last three weeks and then make a decision? I'm sure Nebraska would have waited until after the Peach Bowl. That's one question I have. And the second question I have I have is the picture that I was talking about with Whipple and Purdy, the transfer, potential transfer quarterback from Florida State. Do we know for a fact that he was recruiting him to go to Pitt? Or was he <laughs> recruiting him to go somewhere else? Unless you're a fly on the wall inside that Christmas tree in Purdy's house, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, because who knows what the conversation was like. Now maybe, you know, let's, let's just uh, take the high road here. He went there as a Pitt employee. He was still employed by Pitt at the time, even though he wasn't wearing a Pitt shirt. Um, he went there recruiting him for Pitt. Now, the next day, he today, which is, uh, I guess it was today's Wednesday, but the next day, he accepts a job at Nebraska. And Nebraska signs him today and makes the announcement. Uh, maybe at that point, Mark gets on the phone with Purdy and says, hey, you know, uh, how would you like to, I'm, I'm at Nebraska now. I'm not going to be a Pitt anymore. How would you like to be a little closer to home? Because he lives in Arizona. Uh, although I did hear that the Spencer Rattler, the former Oklahoma coach, is uh, looking looking at Nebraska also, and uh, you know Whipple might try to recruit him for for Nebraska. But as far as you know, the reason that, that Mark left, number one, his contract was up, uh, and, and I think, and this is just me talking, and I, you know I don't you know bite into Heather likes business and Chancellor Gallagher's business, but if they liked him enough, they should have gone to him mid season. Whipple, I'm talking about. I said, hey, Mark, your contract's up after the season. We'd like to keep you. We'd like to keep you for two or three more years. How would you like to sign an extension for this much, much, this much money? We can maybe we can negotiate later after the season's over. Uh, at this point, we're just going to focus on this on the season. But they could be like the Steelers. You know, the Steelers do not like to discuss contract with players during the season. Maybe Pitt doesn't want to do that. But in this case, they ended up losing. You know, a very good offensive coordinator, one of the best in the country, I think. And, and a guy who could have brought the next quarterback to Pittsburgh or, you know, to, to the, to the Oakland campus, because they're going to need one. 
you know, I, I, you know, Nick Patty, I think is, you know, has an opportunity uh, to be a decent quarterback, but uh, he's no Kenny Pickett and there's probably a lot of better, better uh, options out there. And Pitt's going to have to find one. I think even if they don't have find one this year, you're gonna have to find one next year. And uh, you know, I, I think that Whipple, you know, got the offer from Nebraska, who knows when it came, you know, hopefully he wasn't talking to them beforehand. I don't, you know, I think he's an honorable man. He wouldn't have just, just been talking to Nebraska in one year and talking to Kenny Pickett in the other year, trying to get ready for Wake Forest. So I, I don't, I don't believe that's true. I think he was focused on Pitt, but they also offered him. He was making a little less than a half a million at Pitt, which is a pretty good contract for an offense coordinator at the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, but he's going to almost double that, according to the Nebraska uh, media, uh, you know, when he when he signs on with the Cornhuskers. And maybe it's hard to pass up. He walked into a bad situation. They were three and nine this year. There's talk about Scott Frost, the head coach, getting getting fired. He didn't get fired. But boy, if they get off to a bad start next season, and and, and by about midseason they get tired of Scott Frost, and they, they could fire him, and then his staff could go along with them after the season. But maybe Whipple doesn't care about that. He'll be 65 at that point. He'll have a million dollars in the bank, you know, from his from his new job, and he's worked in a lot of places, including three different NFL teams. Uh, so he probably is, is set for life. He can retire anytime he wants. He can go in, go to Arizona and hang out with his son, who's a coach with the Cardinals, and, and and play golf for the rest of his life. So maybe he'll try this thing in Nebraska. Hey, if it doesn't work out, that's okay. I've had a good career. Yeah, I'm willing to bet that Scott McKillop has a take on this situation. But before we get to Scott, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe50. That's B L E A V 50 to receive your bonus. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, we're the game starts okay scott this situation seems kind of fishy um a lot of speculation of why mark whipple uh chose to to leave abruptly in the timing uh that he chose to do it so uh you know what are your thoughts around this whole situation of him um up and, and leaving the, the the pit football team well i mean it's a it's a shame the timing of this because you know it, it takes the limelight off the historic season for the current pit football players and the other staff that um, the hard work that they put into it. So like, that's one of the things that upsets me. Um, you know, I think we all hit, hit the nail on the head here. You know, we can assume we can try and connect dots and figure out what went wrong, who did this, why someone missed this practice. Why did someone say this, but we'll never know. I mean, the only thing is, is timing is everything. The, uh, the early signing period, December 15th, so I think that's why they couldn't wait. Um, you know, the only person that'll truly, two people will truly will only know is Whipple and Narduzzi. And it's unfortunate that we will never get the true story. You know, that this will be, what, the fifth offensive coordinator in eight years that Narduzzi's had. Um, that's, that's a lot of turnover. Um, you know, every situation's different. But, man, I, I just, it's, it's frustrating. Um, I, um, I don't know, um, you know, as a player, I, I, I'd be disappointed, um, but it's, it's, it's hard to say. And uh, I feel for the players. Yeah. And guys, I mean, you got to feel for, you know, they have a lot coming back on offense too. So, I mean, maybe they, you know, pull the Steelers route and promote within, um, you know, I heard Brendan Marion's name being thrown around a lot. So, 
Um, maybe he is the next guy, but it just seems kind of odd of the timing of this situation. And, uh, you know, you get to this New Year's Six Bowl, and it's just, you know, a lot of good is happening. And that throws a little bit of a, a wrench in the side of what you have accomplished this season. It just, you know, it, it raises red flags. I mean, we're allowed to say that, uh, even though that this season is, su- is, is such a positive uh, 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 way of how it happened. You know, this does throw uh, a red flag into it. And it's like, hmm, why, why would you ever – if you're going to leave, I would expect him to obviously retire, but not go to a Nebraska. Like you said earlier, that Scott Frost is on the hot seat that could get fired at any point in the season. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But you know what? We'll see what happens. Hopefully, Pitt. Hey, don't, go ahead. Doran, do, do you think that, um, you know, as, as Coach Whipple is towards the end of his coaching career, do you think now that he has an opportunity to bring Spencer, his son, back on as the um, a receiver coach. I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, we're not taking into consideration. Maybe this is an opportunity for those two to uh, coach. I mean, that, maybe that's something they always thought about. Like, hey, you know, when you're at the tail end of your career, how, how, how good would it be for us to, to coach together? I mean, that's, that's another variable that we really haven't factored in as well. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's a – I don't know if that would be the huge deciding factor of going all the way to – to, to freaking Nebraska, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I think that if he were to do that, he would take a head coaching spot. Cause I think that, you know, he could possibly, I'm not saying at a high D one place, but um, I'm sure that there's some teams out there that maybe were like, Hey, Mark Whipple could be a great head coach for us from what he's done this year and his track record of obviously being a head coach up at UMass. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it, but um, you know, it, we'll, we'll see how everything transpires. We're going to head into 40 and five with Bill Stahl. Bill, I'm just going to come out and ask you right now, if you're Kenny Pickett, do you play in this bowl game? Now that everything has happened? No, I'm not playing. Uh, You're you, you've done, you've done enough. I, I, I don't think he needs to do anything else. Now, obviously I'm, I'm speaking as an individual player here. He's already a first-round grade. The Heisman's this coming weekend. What more do you need to do? Now that your coach is gone, your right-hand man for three years is is not going to be there supporting you, what if something statistically lays an egg? What if Michigan State all of a sudden plays lights-out defense? And God forbid, if he were to get hurt in some type of fashion, that would be an, an extreme misfortune to, to end his pit career like this. I think there's reading in between the lines, there's a lot more going on in that facility. And it just it just really freaking sucks that we're talking about this when we really should be smiling from ear to freaking ear that we won a freaking championship. And then mm-hmm. now we now we got to talk about this shit that's, you know, we're, we need to change this narrative of pit football and make it freaking positive. And we did that, but then now there's a little freaking thorn in my ass right now that is just, and I'm bitter about it. Because now I'm thinking as a quarterback and how I would have felt being in his shoes, and I know how I know how it felt whenever Kavanaugh left 
and I had a new coach coming in. I had my last year. I know how that felt, but imagine, you know, I'm just thinking, Hey, this, this stuff's getting, getting crazy. I'm going to focus on just making sure everything's taken care of for me and moving forward. I know it's a selfish type of way to look at it, but what more does Kenny Pickett need to do for pit football? That's Jerry, just not, Jerry should he I'm play? Doing. Jerry, should he play? Well, first of all, I'm about twice your guy's age, so I'm old school, okay? And, and I believe that if you start something, you should finish it. You know, no matter what the circumstances. Now, for the record, last week, last week I did say he play, but because of this stuff, well, is, right, I, right, I changed. Right, I changed right. my narrative. I can understand if, if even if Whipple had stayed, okay, I can understand how um, he, he probably might not want to play. Although he said Saturday night after the game, I plan on playing in the bowl game. Now that was an interesting comment to me because he said I plan on playing. He didn't say, oh. I'm playing for sure. No matter what happens, you know, I'm going to be down there in Atlanta, you know, playing my last game. He said, I plan on playing. Well, plans change and they could change in this, in this instance. But again, I'm old school and I think you should finish what you start, but he's also has a, a lottery ticket in his pocket. That's worth about 10, 10, $15 million. Uh, and if he gets hurt and can't work out for the NFL or can't start the season, you know, God forbid, you know, for, for his next team in training camp, doesn't get a good, good chance to be the next Mac Jones and become a rookie rookie starter. Uh, that would be horrible, and, and he, I'm sure that's some of the conversation that's going on right now in, in the in the Pickett household up there in Oakhurst, New Jersey. Uh, he, he told Dan Patrick today, and he he told the guys on the fan today that he's going to sit down and talk it over with his family, his mother and father, and Pat Narduzzi is going to be involved in those conversations too, uh, which I think is interesting. And you know, and I, I think Pat will probably tell him to do what he think is best. Uh, you know, it's, it's only one game. Losing this game to Michigan State is not going to define Pitt's season. If they end up 11 and three and, and 12 and two, to me, isn't a huge difference. Yeah, you can tie the 76 team with 12 wins, but uh, I don't think Narduzzi is going to tr- try and, you know, coax him into playing if he doesn't want to play. I, I think Kenny would like to play. He'd have to go out with his teammates. You know, he's had a really great relationship with his teammates, but he's also treated his teammates exceptionally well this year. Took him out to dinner once a week, uh, you know, helped him win an ACC championship. Uh, you know, think about what this team would be like, guys, if, if he didn't play. If he decided to go to the NFL after last season, the team would have been lucky to win six games, I believe. Uh, and, and, and now they won 11, they won the ACC championship because of Pat Narduzzi. Or because of well, Pat Narduzzi, too, but also because of Kenny Pickett. Uh, you know, the play he made, you know, the first touchdown where he faked the slide, Bill, have you ever seen anybody do that before? Have you ever tried to do that yourself, Bill? Jerry, I'm not going to lie to you. I tried to do that while just talking about it over the weekend and just throughout this week, and I almost fell over my freaking face. <laughs> like, that, the athleticism of doing that full speed, and I was just walking through, and I, I literally stumbled because yeah. I, I, I was, like, I was all trying to, you know, bend my leg and, like, trying to show someone how it happened, and I'm like, screw it. I'll just pull it up on my phone and I'll show you, but absolutely not. I mean, just the, you know, the presence of mind to be like, oh, I'm going to slide. Oh, wait, they're a little far away. Oh, screw that. I'm just going to just pick up my foot again and I'm, I'm gone. I mean, that was just amazing. Well, they're, they're going to change the rule, I believe. And Scott and Doran could, could oh, yeah. comment on this. 
Uh, you know, Kenny made the point after the game where he said he saw the two uh, Wake Forest defenders slow up. He, he watched their body language and he saw that they, were, they weren't going to try and tackle him or anything. So he decided, well, what the heck? If they're not going to try and get me down, I'm going to stay up and I'm going to keep running. Uh, so I, I bet they changed the rule and they call it the Kenny Pickett rule. But Scott, you know, what, what, what's that like when, when you see a quarterback ducking down like that and giving himself up? You stop running, right? You, you don't, you don't, don't want to hit him because you don't want to get a penalty. Yeah, I mean, it's a double-edged sword because, you know, the, um, they're trying to protect the quarterback. But, you know, you don't want to be that player that gets deboed by the quarterback. You know, I, I don't know, Jerry, you weren't covering Pitt then, but I remember it clear as day. We were playing Boston College when Tyler Palco was the quarterback. And both, I think it was a DB and Tyler were running the sideline. And Tyler, instead of running out of bounds, at the last minute turned up, lowered his shoulder, and ran over the Boston College player. And we all went nuts. That's like a defender player. I'm like, come on, man. And then, it, like, you want to protect the quarterback, then the quarterback wants to act like a running back. It's kind of like, what, how do you want us to treat you? Do you think they should change the rule, Scott? Uh, no. I mean, because the thing, though, like it's up to the, def- the, 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 the defensive player to make the tackle. Like, I wouldn't have um, let up as much as those defenders did. But, I mean, I know when I was watching it, like, live, I didn't realize how big of a play it was, like, and how it looked until they showed the replay of it. I'm like, wow. Like, I mean, he, he kind of gave him, like, the okie doke. It was like, I mean, it was, it was like – it was like, I can't believe he did that. I mean, you know, I, I don't think Kenny could, I, I don't think, but do it again. I think that was just a, a once in a lifetime play. And as a result of it, they might alter the game. I've never I, seen it happen before. Has anyone else seen that happen? Nope. We watched a lot of football you know, I mean, between the four of us. And I've never yeah. seen a, a quarterback get away with something like that. It's almost like you like Scott was right. It's almost like he could have hurt himself. You know, he's almost I mean, hurt that, himself that, in, in the game. That's how he could have done it. That's he won't the thing, do that like, in Atlanta. I'll tell you that. He's not going to do Atlanta because he's not going to play. Well, if, if but, he does uh, play, he's not going to try anything crazy like that, you know, against the Michigan State. I'm, I'm sure of that. If, if, if he plays in Atlanta, he's an idiot. He has nothing to gain. If he was my son, if he was my best friend, What? why would he play? For what reason? Loyalty. Okay. Teammates. All right, Scott. You know what? I actually have a question for you because both of us, I mean, we weren't Kenny Pickett stature, but both of us knew that we possibly were going to get drafted. And you had a bowl game your senior year, and I had a bowl game my senior year. And then both of us played in the senior bowl, right? Correct. Okay. And Kenny Pickett's going to play in the senior bowl. What's the difference between playing a week early in the Peach Bowl and playing in the senior bowl? He's going to play in that game. He's going to play in a lot of game. Senior bowl. What's that? You think he's going to play in the senior bowl? Yeah, hundred percent. But that would be less intense, wouldn't it? Wouldn't the senior bowl be less intense than the the uh, playing Michigan State in the bowl game? Uh, I mean, mean, we play. Go ahead, Scott. We we don't know who his agent he's going to sign with. I mean, obviously, if it was if I was a betting man, it's probably whoever's been handling his NLI deals. But you know, I mean. Do we know if Kenny Pickett's banged up right now? Do we, do we know? There's a lot of lot of variables that, that they can spin to make it seem like he's not a bad guy. Just like anytime somebody fails a, a drug test in the NFL, it's because they tested positive for Adderall. It's because Adderall is lumped in the same category as a lot of other stuff that is not looked upon, frowned upon by fans. There's a lot like how they're going to spin this narrative. I don't know. But, you know, 
I mean, I guess we'll find out. But I mean, it's she, it's it's going to be more valuable for Kenny to spend that extra week with actual NFL coaching staff with guys that are literally going to help change his life in a, in a few months here, rather than, hey, I'm still with my coaching staff. Yeah, I'm loyal, and I'm we're going to finish strong and do what we got to do. I, I there there's just way more way more to lose for Kenny if he does play than hey we win 12 games and then now he you know he misses some time or you, you know what I mean I'm, I'm just thinking it's more valuable to answer your question Doran more valuable in my opinion for him to be with those NFL coaches than the current staff well but what I'm saying also, is what I'm saying is if, if you're gonna play in that game I mean it, it's a it's a real game it's not like the quarterbacks wear a red jersey during the game right. like you go up the whole week I mean you practice like you're preparing for a regular game, um, you know, why not just play a week week before that too? You know, I mean, my opinion. But, but, but my thing is I, I, I think it's going to decide who's going to coach the senior bowl. I mean, I, I think if it's, if it's two offensive staffs where they're in the need for a quarterback, then yes, Kenny Pickett's going to play. But if it's two, two uh, um, teams where they don't need a quarterback, like there's a, there's a lot of things for him to lose. I mean, he doesn't know who the receivers are. He doesn't have a rapport. I mean, there's, there's a lot like, like, you know, that's, going to factor in with his agent and, and the discussion there. But the senior bowl, he's not going to play four quarters in the senior bowl. He, he's going to take take advantage. They always said about the senior bowl, it's the practices leading up to the game that are way more important than the game. Yep. And, and Especially he can do that. For, for the quarterbacks too. Exactly. And he can do that without any fear of injury. And then in the game, oh, maybe he plays a couple of series and he gets the heck out of there, and which, which I think will probably happen. Uh, but but uh, as far as playing Michigan State, there's going to be a lot more on the line. You know, they're going to be coming after him, you know, uh, you know, headhunting some some of them. And it could be very dangerous for him to play because he's holding a lottery ticket which is worth about 15 million dollars. Uh, but and I, I, I think Narduzzi can spin this to the, the current quarterbacks if he doesn't play, that this is basically your one game audition to show what you can and can't do. And also, if, if they do great, it looks good. You know, you're the current leader next year. And if you do bad, he's going to go out and re- recruit a quarterback, and, and that's what he's going to show to whatever transfer, whoever's coming in. But he's already put enough on tape that he doesn't need the the, 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 the peach bowl to validate what he's done. I mean, he can, he can throw for 500 yards in, in the peach bowl. It's not going to change the opinion of the NFL scouts. They're going to look what they saw in the Wake Forest game, how he carried, carried himself during the season and all the 4,000 yards he threw for during the season and the 42 touchdowns. That's what's going to matter. What, what happens in, in the Peach Bowl, you know, will be nice to win, you know, and, and begin. I, I, I'm wavering on this because I, I think you start something with your team, you know, way back in 2017, January 2017, you see it through to the end. And I understand a lot of guys don't do that. The guy from Oregon is not going to play. Christian McCaffrey didn't play. Uh, you know, when, when the bowl game, when he, when he was going to be a high, high draft pick and he won't be the first to do it. Uh, but uh, yeah, but none of those guys came back whenever they could have went to the draft. Well, none of those guys, no, those guys opted to come back whenever they could have went out to the draft and got drafted at a certain place. He came back for a reason. He came back to finish. That's the only thing I'm hanging on. It's like, he hasn't, I, you're right. He has no pit anything. Yeah. You know, he doesn't no. pit anything, but you know, I, I don't know. He, he, I'm 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 wavering on it because I, I feel that he should play out of loyalty, you know, out of a sense of res- responsibility. But then again, you know, it's, I wouldn't call him an idiot, Scott, but I would say it probably wouldn't be the smartest thing in the world to play in this game. 
All right, well, say goodbye to Dull Gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price of $800 per carat. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off price so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. Okay, 40 or um, uh, Mad Dogs with McKillop segment. And Scott, uh, after the game on Saturday night, I had a chance to hang out with Charlie Partridge for a good hour, two hours, and just pick his brain. And, you know, it was one of my favorite times. And, you know, Charlie Partridge was our coach, Scott and I's li- uh, assistant linebacker coach at Pitt. Whenever we played, when I played linebacker with Scott, um, he was the special teams coordinator. And now, obviously, he's at Pitt uh, coaching defensive line. So we, I've had a really good relationship with Charlie Partridge for years and years and talked to him every once in a while. But after this game, I got the chance to talk to him and, and have an in-depth conversation. He looked at me. He was like, you know what the changing point in that game was? I was like, what? He was like. After the first quarter and maybe the third or fourth defensive series, he said Devin Danielson came over to the sidelines and and told me that, you know, uh, you know, I'm not going to use the the right detail word here, but it, this is the scenario. He went to Charlie Partridge and said, "Hey, my usual alignment is X, and this is how I'm lined up every single play. If I move about six inches either back or to the left, and obviously it's an it's an odd way of doing this and lining up." I believe that we would slow down their RPO and slow down their offense. And Charlie Partridge had the uh, respect, had the, uh, you know, trust in Devin Danielson to say, go ahead and do that. And that was a turning point in the game. That's how they stopped uh, Wake Forest on offense is how Devin Danielson came to the sidelines, told Charlie Partridge, if we move, you know, this, you know, six inches to the left or six inches back off the ball, that we will slow their, their offense down. And that's what happened. He told me that was a changing point in the game on defense. And, you know, Scott, uh, we even brought up uh, Paul Rhodes and, you know, how he was our defensive coordinator, how he was our linebackers coach too. And, you know, did you ever have a rapport with Paul Rhodes or did you ever have a a rapport with Charlie Partridge that uh, you could go to him and they could trust you about an alignment and, uh, you know, and and trust you into making the right decisions and having the right uh, outlook on what's going on in the game. Did you ever have that trust between a coach yeah, no, I mean, uh, funny you say that. My uh, senior year, when we had that high-scoring game against Oregon State, and we lost three um, nothing, they were uh, killing us um, uh, three by one backside, single receiver side. I forget who the corner was, and uh, I told you know Phil Bennett, I said, hey, just just let let me let me take care of number three, have that backside safety, just bracket that number one receiver, just because you know that's where they're attacking us. And he's like, you you can't cover that. I was like, just trust me. And, and it worked out, and, you know, obviously we lost the game, so it didn't work out that well. But, you know, I, I ended up getting an interception because they saw the safety was robbing the backside, and they tried to throw it to number three, and it worked out. I mean, th- those are a lot of in-game adjustments that once you grow uh, a rapport with a coach that they trust, you know, and um, I, I had, you know, told to me, you know, that there, there are two types of players that coaches don't like. Ones that do everything you say, and ones that do none of what you say. 
Mm. You know, you don't want robots out there just doing exactly what you want them to do because they're not out there. They don't know what's going on. And there's certain plays and, and techniques and alignments that require your instinct, just require you to, to just that it factor. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. There was um, my senior year, there was a, uh, my fellow linebacker, Austin Ransom, uh, a couple times. He just, I guess, in a sense, like went rogue and, you know, he called it his spark plug play where he would just do something that wasn't supposed to do, but he made the play. And, you know, it's kind of like when, you know, a, a big, not anymore, but when a big man or someone who shouldn't be shooting a three-pointer in basketball, you're like, no, 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 no. They made it you're like, yes, just, just don't do that again. Like, don't do it again. Or it's like, you know, Doran, I don't know if you remember, like, you know, when, when teams just used to run one back power, two back power, and that backside linebacker was responsible for that backside A or B gap. Mm-hmm. But if they float, they float over top fast enough, they can make the play. Right. So it just, it's doing your responsibility. But if you go rogue, it's just like, look, that's a great play. But no one understand if the people upstairs, the other coaches, the quality control coaches, the GAs, if they're seeing that, they can tip off the offense. It's just like the um, uh, like bubble and go. If that safety isn't honoring like the, the, the stack block and is just trying to cheat it, they'll throw that go route. It's just doing your responsibility and not getting bored and just trusting the defense, but also not being a robot. Jerry, I just thought it was amazing, um, you know, him telling me that story. Uh, and, and, and you wonder why Charlie Partridge is one of the best assistant coaches in the country, um, coaching guys like – I even went back to him like Claude Harriet back in the 2003, and then you had, you had the Jabal Sheards, you have the, the Patrick Joneses, the Weavers. I mean, so many defensive linemen uh, that he's coached over the years that, uh, you know, J.J. Watt, I mean, he coached him, you know, in, in Wisconsin – and you wonder why he's a successful coach and there you, you get a story like that. And it's like, wow, like a player can trust you and you can trust a player that much that's in your room that you're with every single day to make an adjustment and it works. It just, you know, I thought that that was just an unbelievable story. Charlie, uh, we, we, had a, we had a talk with Charlie late in the season. Uh, they always bring out uh, two different coaches. They call them authority coaches uh, to talk to us uh, every week. And I believe it was before, before the Syracuse game, maybe. Charlie came out and he was talking about the relationship he has with his players. And, and, he, and he made the uh, analogy. He says, I tell my daughters, I said, you're, 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 you're not my friends. You're my daughters now, but when you turn 20, 21, 22, you'll be my, you'll be my friends. And he said, it's the same with his players right now. He's coaching his players, but he, he plans to, and he, he will have a very strong relationship with his players going forward. You know, once they, you know, get out of school and go on and on to their life's work. Charlie's a smart guy, a good man, uh, a guy that knows football. Pat Narduzzi is very lucky to have him. And, you know, after Mark Whipple, I, I think losing Partridge would be the next worst thing that could happen uh, to Pitt. And, you know, they probably – I don't know what his contract situation is like, but they ought to make sure that he's going to be at Pitt for a few more seasons because uh, uh, they, they don't want to lose him. They made him an assistant head coach at one point, which, which probably just means he got a little extra money. Um and just to keep him because I know Alabama was talking to him after his first one or two years, you know, it, it pit, uh, you know, and he loves his players. His players love him. Uh, you know, glad you can't see made a point of saying, thank you, coach, uh, coach Partridge for making me into a, into a good player. And uh, they, they appreciate him. And, and, and I think this is a very good coaching staff. One thing Pat Narduzzi has done over the years in his, in his seventh year is put together a good staff. I think Randy Bates has done a great job as a DC 
obviously Whipple has been, done a great job. Uh, Partridge and, and, and Brennan Marion, I, I, I believe, is going to be a star, uh, a star coach. And he's only 34 years old, but he's going to be a star coach someday. And, and I really think that Pat Narduzzi could do a whole lot worse than making Marion his next offensive coordinator. All right, guys. Well, I mean, there's no really score prediction to give for this week. Uh, you know, we could go around the horn and, and kind of talk about how, uh, you know, these next couple of weeks may go, uh, you know, and I think we already alluded to it. You know, I think Bill talked about how, uh, you know, maybe Nick Patty will get a lot of run in practice. Uh, you know, this is the time where you get those young guys in to see what you have for next year. These next couple of weeks leading up to the bowl game. Um, you know, like, Kenny, like you said, Kenny Pickett, they're not, he's not going to probably be at practice that much. He's heading to New York this weekend for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. So uh, good luck to Kenny. Uh, good luck to, to Jordan Addison. And just, I mean, just, you know, quick final thoughts on, you know, this season. You know, I know we have one more game left, but, you know, pit season, 11-2, and two, winning the championship. I mean, it was pretty unbelievable, and it was pretty unbelievable to see the uh, support from Pitt fans uh, this past week, this past weekend in Charlotte. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I think we were six, like for these 11 games, we were able to finally change the narrative of quote unquote, uh, Pitt's going to pit it type of thing. I, I think Kenny himself and, and well, Kenny and company put that lion to rest. I think that this whole season we were waiting for them to stumble during that back end stretch, you know, that they pulled out that North Carolina game and, you know, some things towards the end, it got a little dicey, but people stepped up. Kenny remained consistent throughout the entire fourth, you know, four quarters of all these games at the tail end. And uh, it's just amazing to be able to see that we – that we can do that. We, we can, we can consistently overcome those obstacles that lead to wins and that literally help catapult this university into that conversation. Now that's obviously not talking about things that just happened. Uh, Cause I, it might be a little contradictory of, of what I'm saying now, but looking at those 11 games uh, just extremely, extremely happy to, to, be a part of the pit family and literally feeling like we won, like I won too, you know, it, it's just super cool to just be a part of that. Um, and to be on that winning side, uh, just, and see, and see the change and the opportunities that a lot of guys might not have had if they went six and five, you know, the winning, you, we're going to see a lot of tweener guys that, go out to the draft that will get drafted because they were consistent and they won. And they were, you know, there, there were guys that we played with Doran Scott, you know, that when we were younger, we didn't really win a lot of games. And I think that if we did win, it could have helped those players. So I, I'm just super excited to see what happens with our, our future pit NFL guys. I think it's going to be amazing, but I think the future of just pit football should be bright as long as we get through this little hump and, you know, get things back, back going. Uh, I, to Jerry's point, there are so many great coaches on this staff that I, they can, they can pass the torch and step up, but we're, we're really going to sl- have to solidify that quarterback aspect. And I'm looking forward to seeing what, seeing what happens with that in the off season. But 
overall season just amazing, outstanding to be a part of. Uh, and what better way to start a first year podcast whenever we <laughs> whenever Pitt wins the ACC championship? So it was it was a lot of fun with you guys talking Pitt football and uh, just super excited for the future. Very- it, was us, it was because of us, you know. You know, we 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 set the tone for these guys, and, and they weren't winning when we weren't doing a podcast. So I I would say the podcast has to be one of the big reasons that they finally won eleven games. I just hope that come on fans, the fans out there, and I get a lot of emails from fans complaining about Narduzzi, complaining about Whipple's play calling, complaining about this, complaining about that. I just hope the fans don't define this season on what happens in the Peach Bowl. Um, because, you know, Pitt has had a great season. It's been a lot of fun to cover them, a lot of good storylines, a lot of kids that really worked their butts off going back all the way in, into the spring and in, into the, the winter conditioning months of January, February, March, before spring ball even happened. These guys were, were working their butts off. And, uh, they, hey, they, they could lose. They could lose to Michigan State, especially if Pickett doesn't play. But it won't define the season. It's been a great season. Uh, Narduzzi was put together a strong program that – that hopefully, you know, won't fall off much next season. And, and what happens in the next couple of weeks is probably in, in when he hires an offensive coordinator and, and goes out and maybe finds a quarterback, it's probably more important than what happens in Atlanta uh, for, for a couple hours on a Thursday night on December 30th. Uh, so Narduz has a lot of work to do uh, in the offseason, starting immediately. Uh, and, you know, hopefully that uh, he'll find the right man and hopefully that whether the quarterback's on the roster or not, he'll find the right quarterback because that's going to be the key. Scott? Um, yeah, I, I think timing's of the essence. I, I think it's, it's um, you know, Coach Narduzzi has to figure out immediately what's the plan. Um, you know, I don't think we're going to figure out what's going to happen with Kenny, you know, anytime soon. But I think, you know, offensive coordinator-wise, it's going to have to be somebody that's the right fit and, you know, somebody that the current players like. Because I think that with what – current players are allowed to do as far as transfer without sitting out. There might be some other players that, you know, might want to go elsewhere, you know, and, and it, it, that could be an interesting off season, but, you know, hats off to the players. They did something that myself, Doran and Bill could not do as players. Um, they, they won a, a conference championship. Um, you know, uh, not that we didn't hold our head high to, before, but, you know, people now, have more of a sense of respect for football. Um, you know, people are going to say, is this just a, a one and done? Uh, is this like, you know, are they going to go back to what they were before? So, you know, you're, you're going to continue to carry that chip on your shoulder, but, you know, they're going in the right direction. Um, you know, like Jerry said that, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, football left. I think for the young guys, this, this bowl practice is very important. I think that it'll be a springboard in the spring ball to kind of see where they're at. And, uh, you know, let's hope that the faithful still travels to Atlanta like they did in Charlotte. Yeah, I believe that a lot of Pitt fans will travel to Atlanta to, to see the end of the season. And, uh, you know, Atlanta's a good city. Um, Peach Bowl's a great bowl. So we'll see what happens, uh, <coughs> excuse me, December 30th in uh, Atlanta. For myself, for Jerry, for Bill, for Scott – this is the Believe in Pit Football podcast presented by Bet Online. Pit, 11 and 2 on the season, ACC champions, heading to the Peach Bowl December 30th. That's it for us. We'll see you next time.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.